What's up, you drunk idiots? This is Carter Nordyke back with you for another episode of Drunk Idiot Reviews. Uh, for those of you who are listening for the first time, uh, this is a show where I invite on some lovely people, some lovely friends. Uh, it, tonight, uh, we're going to be inviting an employee on. Uh, I ply them with drinks. I take them to see a movie with me. And then we review the movie, we wax philosophic, uh, we wane uh, on, on intelligence, you know, we get, we get rid of the ignorance in the world, and uh, I, think, I think that's a good way to sum up this show. Uh, and you're in for a real treat today, because um, this show's going to have some pretty great style. Uh, you know, if I had to describe it in a word, uh, it would have to be dog, style of the dog. <laughs> um, but rather than bore you anymore with uh, this little monologue, I'd like to go ahead and introduce today's guest. Now, uh, for those who've listened on the show, you've heard his uh, sweet, dulcet tones before. Uh, he's back with us today. Uh, go ahead and give a warm welcome to the intern Shane. Shane. Thank you for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. I've, I see I'm, you brought me back on. Well, it wasn't as much a choice as it was written into your contract. This is true. This is true. Yeah, you were very dead set on today's movie, which we will get to in just a little bit. Um, but, you know, first of all, you know, we, we like to have specialty drinks here. Uh, on the show, and today I, I, I forewent the uh, typical specialty cocktail in favor of a drink I know you appreciate, which is some good old absinthe. Mm. Now, today uh, I, I'd like to plug this the name of this one. This is uh, Absinthe Superior, uh, which is brewed by the Mountain Defiance Distillery. Uh, they're based in Middleburg, Virginia, so gotta support local shout out to them uh thank you for this stuff so i'd like to go ahead and just congratulate you how how far we've come three three episodes now you know truly we are succeeding in ways no one could have dreamed possible so mm. i'd like to uh, cheers to you sir i'm not going to clink your glass uh just so the audio audio levels stay level but let's go ahead and take a sip and tell me what you think of that. Oh, big sip. It's delicious, actually. Best absinthe I've ever had. Well, hey, that is high praise. So thank you very much, uh, Mount Defiance Distillery. Well done. But now, Shane, I got to tell you, uh, all that talk of success was a little misleading. We're in some real trouble here. Yeah, we are. Uh, so You are. I... Well, I think we're in this. I can bit jump off this ship quite easily. Like this is your name and everything going on. Yeah. I'm just the intern. But here. that's that's why that's such an issue. Is uh, yeah. Well, okay. So last week, I made the claim on air that we were the number one podcast mm. on the charts. Yeah, that was not true. Well, okay. Uh, but you advised me. That this was, you were the one who told me, hey, we're number one. 
I can't help but feel like some of the blame has to lie on your shoulders here. Yeah, I was fucking with you. I, I, I do I do take some blame for that. That was a little bit um bit of a sabotage, really. Um, I, don't know. I just wanted to see everybody get pissed off and you get into a shit storm. Um, but I didn't realize that I'd actually have to uh, somewhat deal with that shit storm. Uh, when it happened, it wasn't very well thought out. Yeah, well, I we do live in a world of personal responsibility, unfortunately, which, you know, I definitely have to bear some. Um, it, it, mostly the responsibility of having hired you. Mm. But uh, I can tell you, man, I'm not sure how we handle this situation right now because uh, we, over the past week, we had a lot of conversations with uh, some possible sponsors who heard the episode very impressed with our claims were, you know, the contracts were signed. We were getting ready to roll in some dough. Uh, Apple was talking about featuring us on the front page, you know, to up the, the podcast uh, brand up and everything is going south right now. Uh, I had to put my phone on silent while we record this because I just, it, every time I look, it's, what are you doing? How dare you lie to me? Uh, your family will be next. Uh, yeah, what what are we what are we gonna do here, man? Ah, well, um, hmm, A tough one. Tough one. I, I'm really looking for you here to have at least some answers. I, uh, you you cited corporate negotiation in your resume, so I was did thinking, I. Ah, that might have also been a lot. Oh man, I, uh, that not everything I will say on that resume was a hundred percent true. Okay, but all right. Well, you see, I just made all these claims, and now I feel like an idiot, um, and I feel like I'm being treated like a criminal. Uh, I'm very, wow. I'm very scared. Um, I have not been able to sleep at night, uh, and. You know, to be frank, there was one instance of a little bit of discharge during the night uh, from my bladder. And I need you to make sure that doesn't happen again. I um, need you to. No. I need, I, I'm not a night nurse. I don't, I don't need a night nurse. I need a day helper. I need. Oh. I need you to figure out what we can do to get past this because man i i just i don't want to point fingers but i really do think this is your fault i i can see how you might uh assume that but it's only like maybe 15 percent my fault the rest of it's on you because you you are the face of the show um <sighs> but don't worry about it i'll tell you i got everything planned out I got. I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. I. I don't. Oh, know. by the way, I forgot to. I forgot to ask. What'd you think of Doctor Professor Jack Brown? Um, man, that I should have known that the trouble was starting there. I should have really pulled that episode. Uh, first of all, now you've booked us two guests who mm -hmm. have claimed to have a doctorate, but have not doctors. even have not even produced evidence of higher education well as dr professor jack brown said that he, the doctorate is on its way but, it's in uh, the no, mail. Th but as i told him it's it's not no it's not in the mail <laughs> he hasn't earned it and yeah oh uh, i i well 
you gotta admit though that he was a truly fascinating individual. Like oh. I found this guy while walking through a back alley, and yeah, he and said him you got pulled through. him here. You said, "Are, are oh, you?" Yeah, he said he was mentioning physical coercion for him to come here, um, it, and he might have been over exaggerating a little bit. I was just nudging him along the direction that I chose for him. Okay, I'm not seeing how that's an exaggeration at all. I mean, I I didn't ask Nudging. you to go grab homeless men off the street. Yes, but if you had seen this homeless man, you would have wanted him on the show. I did see him. He was here. And honestly, I had bad vibes from the get-go. He's a doctor and a professor. Uh, what more do you need? You said you wanted more intellect on this show. He was show. teaching on Omegle. Omegale. No, it was it's it's Omegle. Okay, <laughs> I know the side. I'm each professor has their own medium of how they like to educate the me- their students. This is why I can't get behind the idea of a liberal education. I think the liberals are tearing this country apart, and this is just more evidence of it right here. That you know the liberal they, they just think they can teach the guys who. Introduce themselves with a picture of their tallywhacker and tallywhacker, and that's mm. not the interesting term. I don't want people who peruse the the boards He's of nude men all day. Perusing. He is educating their their grammar. Uh, all right. Well, ignoring all, ignoring all of that. He's the English language is in trouble, Carter. Okay, well, ignoring all of that, he's been stalking me since the episode, saying, when can I come back? When am I moving oh. in? Oh, I completely forgot. What? Oh, yeah, no. He was so impressed with you and everything that he, he says he wants to come back as nope. soon as possible. I... And, and to make things better... He's got some friends. I don't want him. I don't want his friends. I, I don't want him anywhere I've near here. I've checked these people out, Carter. Trust me. I've got. Trust me. You're gonna want these people on this show. I, I just gotta say, uh, Shane, I'm not trusting your judgment lately. Uh, you know, this, this internship hush, is not going hush, very well. Hush, hush, baby. If I didn't need so much help. You would be out of here by English now. English language is in trouble, and you've just proven that to me. This is distress. This is not poor grammar. Uh, okay, well, you know, let's let's move forward with this episode, and well, maybe maybe who knows? Maybe we will be at the top of the charts after this one, and maybe uh, everyone will drop their suits and drop the complaints and say, you know, we always believed in you, Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah. know, that I could really go no. for some of that. Um, so I highly doubt this is going to be the episode to make that happen. I, Don't worry about it. Though. Who knows? We can turn the, it I'll around. I'll tell you about the end of the episode. Okay. I got, I got plans, Carter. I got plans. I All got right. things in motion. Okay. Well, Shane. I'm going to prove to you my worth. All right. Well, Shane, our movie today is Isle of Dogs. Uh, yes, sir. A, a, a dog. Some might say a dog themed movie. So I have no idea where they would get that idea. But in in that spirit, what is your favorite dog in film? Huh, favorite dog in film. You know, Carter, I actually 
don't really like dogs. What's not to like about dogs? They stink. They smell. They're just get, they just get everywhere, all up in your business and everything. Well, I think part of the whole getting up into your business thing is you know why why people love them. No, not me. Wes Anderson, sir. Let, let me just for the viewers out there. I I'm not a cat person either. Um, I don't like cats, basically for the same reason. Like cats, cats are just as bad as dogs, in my opinion. All right. Well, I mean, okay. Well, I, I, I guess you know, there has to be some dog, some canine figure that has resonated with you in in the history of film. I mean, I know you're a, a silent movie guy, but ah. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, in the two weeks since I was last on the show, I've I've looked into this colored TV and I've looked into this audio, moved moving with you, the pictures. You've seen the talkies and the walkies. The talkies and the walkies. Yes, I've watched them all. All of them. All of them. Two weeks. Hmm? I'm not sure that's even mathematically possible. I did it though. Oh, I I'm color color me impressed. All right. Well, then, so you've seen every dog in film. What, what's the one that sticks out to you? Mm. See, here's the thing. None of them really. Maybe Balto. Balto. But even he, he is not so much as a dog. Even Boris the Goose says a dog cannot make this journey alone. But maybe. A wolf can. And so he's kind of in this gray area of yeah, whether or he, not he is a dog. Well, he's a dog who's reclaimed his heritage, surely. You know, he uh, he's a model to his species that they can return to the days of Yes, but splendor. do they want to return to the days of splendor in that movie? I would not say. Probably not. On <laughs> Probably not. No, they all go back to their owners and everything. That's true. But I mean, hey, maybe the owners Except just Balto. own. Except Maybe the owners just own wolves now, though. Maybe they. So it is Alaska. Wolves. We never know what they we do never. up there. All right. Well, then uh, you know, Balto. Bal- Balto's great. I mean, I me though, I got to be an Otis guy. The mask. Otis. Otis the mask. Uh, oh yes i just he's everything you need a dog to be he's cute he's useful he's very intelligent uh and at one point he is channeling the powers of loki the norse god of mischief Mm. so i mean what's what's not to like there no i agree i agree all right well you're not a you're not a dog guy then what animals do get you what what fish 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 why fish? Fish just mind their own business. They're tranquil. They're calm. They swim. They eat. That's it. They poop. That's it. It's a very, I mean, wow, that's incredibly boring. What? Yeah. Where, where's the emotion in that? Where's the, uh, where's the adventure? Where's the, they, what are you talking about? They swim through their tank. They're playing hide and seek in the oh, little so bushes even, and not everything. Even, uh, wild fish. Oh, I love no wild fish. Okay, well, that, all right. What is your favorite display of fish in the wild? Then fish in the wild. 
Like in movies. In movies. Ah, yes. There was a film that I think came out in 2011. It's called Salmon Fishing in the Yemen. Okay. Starred um, Ewan McGregor and I believe oh. Emily Blunt, if I'm not mistaken. That's weird. It, it, I have not seen this film, but it does sound on first listen to be something like a kind of eh, documentary. Oh, such a feel-good film. Such a feel-good film. What What's so good about the fish oh. in this film? So the fish are brought to Yemen to uh, help promote uh, angling into the Yemen and uh, provide like a means of um, a pastime for the people of the uh, surrounding this river and as a uh, to help promote economic development in the area. And everybody's telling the Sheikh it can't be done, it can't be done, Yemen's too arid, but... He brings a guy from the fisheries department from the UK, and the guy finally decides, yes, with faith, we can do this. With faith in, in the fish. In the fish. So it's in their nature to survive. So they bring a bunch of salmon, and they put them in the river, and the fish begin swimming upstream to spawn, and then the terrorists just open a dam up open the sluice gates and just flood the valley. The fish get dashed up against the rocks and killed. The, the fish get killed in the flood. That's what we think. Mm. Last scene in the movie, they're watching the river and they're just mourning their losses and all of a sudden a salmon jumps out of the river and continues streaming up north. <laughs> And that fish is saying, fuck you, terrorists. I'm colonizing Yemen for the salmon. Take that, Russia. Yeah! <laughs> well, uh, it's definitely an atypical great pick. Uh, oh, I, guess I'll, I guess I have to watch it. Another great one, another great one. Fish called Wanda. The English are really at the head of this, uh, the fish genre. Would you say the fish genre is making a comeback? No. Okay. <laughs> it'll be it'll always be a small genre, but it'll be a proud genre. It'll keep its head up high. What do you like so much about a fish called Wanda? Quick. Fish called Wanda? Ah, just simply just the sadness of it is his fish all get eaten right in front of him by this mad lunatic, but he manages to take his revenge on him at the end. <laughs> well, Shane, I gotta say that Wes Anderson very obviously disagrees with you when it comes to dogs. Uh, And I would hazard to guess that maybe less than a percent of the population feels the way you do about fish. Uh, Maybe a percent. We'll we'll, we'll put out a poll and we'll we'll do our own research on that. But, you know, uh, I think you're a weird guy uh, for that interest. But you keep things interesting. So... We're going to keep you around at least for the rest of this episode. Uh, When we get back, we're going to go ahead and delve into Isle of Dogs. We're going to talk about what worked, what didn't work, and we'll give it our star rating. Uh, So stick around, listeners, and we'll be right back. And we're back here with intern Shane to review Isle of Dogs. Uh, Now, let's just go ahead and go over some of the information on it imdb synopsis set in japan isle of dogs follows a boy's odyssey in search of his lost dog short sweet to the point 
It's what the movie's about. What is the movie? That's a five-star synopsis right there. Starring the voice talents of Brian Cranston, Koyu Rankin, Edward Norton, Bob Balaban, Bill Murray, Jeff Goldblum, and so on and so forth. Basically, if anyone has ever worked in a Wes Anderson movie, you're going to hear their voice in this movie. Uh, directed, of course, by Wes Anderson. Uh, written by Wes Anderson, Roman Coppola, Jason Schwartzman, Kenichi Nomura. Rated PG-13. Uh, just, alright, so so quick notes on uh, why we chose this one this week. Um, Wes Anderson is a favorite here of the show uh, and of people in general, I would say. Favorite of me. A favorite of you. A favorite of me. Um, and when we looked at what else was coming out this week, uh, a little uninspiring. Um, Sherlock Gnomes. Sherlock Gnomes. Now that's a, that's a must watch for later. Uh, but I felt like there was just going to be too much discourse. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have too many layers to dig into, and we would we would need a mega sized episode for that. So you know, Sherlock Gnomes maybe in the future, but for now we're gonna settle with this and. Our other option, uh, our our main one that kind of stuck out would have been uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. Mm. Uh, however, a, a bit of an unpopular opinion. I'm not really a big fan of the first one myself. Uh, and with that's a, fair. Without the the only interesting aspect of it to me was that Guillermo del Toro was the director and the visionary behind it. So when you take him away from the franchise. You've taken away the only thing that is remotely interesting about it. Um, <laughs> and looking at some of the reviews, it seems like I was vindicated. <laughs> but, all right, Isle of Dogs. Now, Shane, your initial thoughts on the movie? Fantastic. Absolutely, utterly fantastic. Yeah, oh, we got high praise off the bat. Oh yes. Well then, let, let, let's channel a bit of that. All right. What 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 did you think worked best about this movie? Ah, uh, what I really loved was this is classic story. Boy trying to find his dog, reconnect with him. Um, We're always losing our connections with our dogs. Always losing connections with that because the dog is the most pure connection. Oh, truly. Whatever happened to man's best friend? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But it's all set in Japan, and it's not a Japan that, like, we often see where it's, like, they really hype where, like, a director might hype up, like, the parts of Japan that just are very weird and everything. This is a very classical, um, clean, normal Japan. Now, Very lovingly Japanese. Now, very lovingly Japanese, but I do want to say, I, I would still say this is a weird Japan. Um, now, uh, to its credit, we, we see, uh, we see both sides of Japan that we don't normally see, uh, in a lot of, you know, in film, uh, we get both the classical country type mm -hmm. feel of it. Uh, yet we also get the metropolitan, the, the kind of, uh, one could say that it is a metropolitan film. One could say that, um, but what what's interesting to me here is uh, our our main urban center is the city, city of Megasaki, uh, that is overall a very dark and bleak city. Um, 
Now it's now very colorful, but characterized by a lot of dark, harsher colors. I would say lots of uh, deep blues and reds and blacks on the outside, uh, and then a lot of almost you know. I would say that those hues go on throughout the film until the very end. Well, I would say the aisle itself is more rustic. Uh, browns, greens, uh, a but lot more still muted very colors. bleak. It, very bleak overall. Yeah, but uh, that's kind of what's interesting. So we're introduced to this movie. We're introduced to the city of Megasaki, and the narrator tells us it's 20 years in the future. Mm-hmm. It never says from when exactly. Is it supposed to be from now? Because that's not exactly the sense I got. The The Japan that I feel is pictured is almost um, closer in uh, imagery to something I think we get of like a dystopic Cold War city. Uh, you know, a, a lot of that having to do with uh, the dictatorial fascist type imagery. Um, certainly, the, I, 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 I might be reading too much into that statement, but, you know, 20 years in the future... Uh, I don't think it's 20 years from us, though. I think it's 20 years in the future of a past year and some sort of alternate type future. I could, you could argue that it maybe it's just an alternate type future, but you never know. I mean, it, this definitely, there was a very, it, the film did play, have a strong theme of um, the uh, hijacking of democracy by um, these autocratic figures mm-hmm. um, like the uh, mayor of Magasaki, mm-hmm. who is um, the main character's um, uncle. distant uncle. Distant uncle, yes. Yeah, very distant uncle, mm-hmm. um, who is basically systematically just taking over the city and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, but all within like the democratic means, like he is clearly not allowing any dissent, but. Yeah, there's because a point he's in the, controlling the dissent. There's a point in the movie where we see that he's won an election, uh, 98.6% to 1.3% against a candidate that is deceased. Deceased, yeah. So, yes, yeah, the democracy is technically mm-hmm. intact. Yep. And he always allows the uh, dissenting party to uh, show their, have their views and have Respecto. their say. Respecto. Yes. yes. But... We find out later that he has people like out on the streets uh, silencing critics and everything. Mm And um, he's only allowing them to have it on a public forum that he can control. Mm -hmm. So he's only keeping the illusions of democracy around and everything. Mm -hmm. So I I, I could say that, you know, we we could say 20 years in the future from now, the rise of. uh, Do you think there's any uh, symbolism then to. Uh, our main character Atari, mm-hmm. and you know, in his struggle against his uncle, is there anything to be? Should we be reading into any political statements here or cultural statements of what Japan's like? Anything there? You think I wouldn't say anything for Japan. Mm-hmm. Just maybe well, more broadly, maybe, the maybe world. broadly the world. We have Atari at the end. Um, who becomes mayor at the ripe young age of uh, like 12. 12. Yeah. Um, and that might just be a nice statement for saying that the uh, youth is the future and the youth will fix our mistakes that we are making right now. 
I think I'd agree with that statement. Um, because, you know, th- uh, this this movie is a family movie. Oh. Despite the PG-13 rating, which, uh, you know, frankly, I just don't you know, think just is a, very earned. It, it really um, not. There, There's a little blood. There's a little blood. There's a little... They say bitch and damn it a few times. I wouldn't even count the bitch. I wouldn't count the bitch I would either. not <laughs> even count the bitch. Right. They were using it in terms of a female dog. Mm-hmm. That is... I, that is that, a that is a term. nice classic joke that I'm very happy they brought back. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so uh, yeah, no matter what, we both agree the setting was great. You know, and oh, incredibly well realized. Uh, what else did you like about it? Um, let's see. I loved all the voice actors. Mm-hmm. Voice actors were just phenomenal. And Any everything. that stuck out to you in particular? Um. Chief's voice, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, yes, of, uh, very beautiful, very voice. Um, the main dog that really is speaking yeah. throughout everything. And you know, it's one of those things with Brian Cranston that you know, uh, you know, you had trouble reminding, remembering his name. Uh, and I think it's just because all, uh, you know, every, anytime he has these types of successes, you almost don't expect it from him. And he's the dad from Malcolm in the Middle that became Walter White on Breaking Bad. And now he's voicing an angry stray dog in Wes Anderson's latest film. Mm. Uh, definitely, you know, he, he's a favorite for a reason. He, he seems to not always pick the greatest projects, uh, at least in the wake of Breaking Bad and everything. But... I can't say he's ever not interesting in them. And so it's good oh, to yeah. see him paired up with a solid director again and him get some really great work in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to say here that I think this is easily uh, Wes Anderson's most aesthetically pleasing film. Absolutely. Uh, I think every frame is incredibly lovingly crafted. Uh, I, there's, there's one scene in particular that really sticks out to me is when... Um, the dogs first take in Atari and uh, we're seeing all their silhouettes while they're in their shelter, which is made out of uh, like all these socket red- bottles. Yeah. Yeah. Like red and yellow and green socket mm-hmm. bottles. Uh, and I was just thinking, wow, like these, th- these are prototypical Wes Anderson shots. Everyone could be, you know, a photo, or not a photograph, but you know, I would happily have a poster of any of those on my wall. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. Um, it's quite obvious that there was an incredible amount of love put into realizing this vision. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. What uh, What else did you like about it? What did you think about the characters? Overall, the characters were um, very simple. There wasn't mm-hmm. too much depth to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Atari... Atari does not even speak English. Mm-hmm. Uh, One Atari, thing- all the ever Atari has, has English attached to him, it's always through a translator. The beautiful thing about this video is, um, it's do you, do you most- call movies videos? Is it? Did I say videos? You did say video. The beautiful thing about this movie is, um, all the Japanese, it, like it's all mo- like most of the humans speak Japanese because that is where it's set and everything. Mm-hmm. And they will only have, they are no subtitles. It's all spoken through a translator and everything. There's only one American character in it, and that is uh, Greta Gerwig's character. Yeah, I can't remember her I name off the top of my head. I can't remember her name off the top of my head either. Um, yeah, she's, uh, and then 
the only other character that speaks fluent English throughout would be our uh, translator mm-hmm. for the uh, mayor's office. Um, she was voiced by Frances McDormand. Really? Yeah. You know, coming off of Best Actress win. Uh, fun little role for her, I thought. Um, uh, yeah. Always, always a treat to hear her voice. She's got a great voice. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, th- I think it was an incredible strength to, uh, you know, indulge in these characters' native tongue. There's no hand-holding when it comes to, you know, there's no hints given to us most of the time when they're speaking, except when it's uh, valuable plot material. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're left to really kind of fend for ourselves and, uh, you know, uh, figure out what's going on via context, you know, by uh, the emotions of the characters and everything, um, which do play through very yes. clearly and, and everything. You gotta, you gotta hand it to Wes Anderson for not wanting to handhold his audience, and he, he doesn't need to. It's not a confusing movie at any point, no, not at all. Um, but I do agree on the character. Uh, they are all very simple, but uh, yeah, I would say somewhat to a detriment now uh, this could be somewhat of a personal bias i'll I'll acknowledge that um however uh with wes anderson i I generally do expect somewhat more developed or nuanced characters i mean he doesn't ever spend a lot of time with the side characters but i feel like there is at least uh, a few layers to them whereas in this film you know, most of our uh, band of other dogs outside, like, uh, we really only get characterization, a uh, deep characterization of three characters. This is true. Uh, Atari, his dog Spots, and Brian Cranston's chief. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the crew, uh, you know, including dogs voiced by Jeff Goldblum, Edward Norton, and uh, Bill Murray, and, and the other was uh, Bob Balaban. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all have maybe one gimmick. Uh, you know, yeah. I, even then, not all of them do. Uh, and mm. about halfway through the film, well, they they completely disappear. Pretty much, yeah. To come back later, and then uh, they they come back in one scene, and then they're again forgotten about until the ending montage. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I don't know. I I felt a little unsatisfied on the character front this time. Uh, and I wonder if it's if Anderson took it on himself to put too many characters in the movie, uh, and you know because this is an incredible voice cast uh, that is you know very lengthy, and you gotta wonder maybe he just bit off a little more than he could chew with that. Yeah, I I would probably agree with that and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there a lot of characters you got five different dogs that in the previews and trailers were all very focused on, but mm-hmm. it's very difficult just to deliver that mm-hmm. um, while also having Atari and the dog spots and the reporter and all those other folk mm-hmm. and uh, have development for them also. Yeah. It's a very, and also the storyline is just very simple. Mm-hmm. It's not, doesn't leave a lot of room for development. Right. None of these dogs decide to stay in the junkyard mm-hmm. because, like, ah, oh, we get to become free dogs and everything. Mm-hmm. No, they all want to go back. Mm-hmm. They've all been put in this constant into this concentration camp with the expectation that they're all going to die. Well, even at the beginning of the movie, I don't think they have an expectation of getting out with Atari when they nope. originally end up helping them. They, you know, 
They're just dogs. Um, yeah, they're just dogs. No. Very excited to see a 12-year-old boy. Yes, that, that is one thing I do have to say I really liked about this movie is that these dogs are not characterized as if they are humans like we see in so many other movies. So, and not that there's anything exactly wrong with that, but it is refreshing to see that a dog's motivation only goes as far as, you know, its love for humans. And humans, yeah. I mean, it, it gets to the point where if you actually look at you know, Chief's character arc in the movie, and you think about him as a person, it's it's maybe even a little, like, problematic. You just think, ah, oh, yes, you know, accept your uh, servitude to man mm, is yeah. your place. But Anderson never wants to bring up a moral quandary, There's no, there, and there's never a hint of it. No. It's what makes everyone happy. Yeah. It's the bond that goes back centuries. Centuries. Millennia. Yes. And it makes for... The founding of Japan. (laughs) Japan was founded on the backs of dogs. On the backs of dogs in the great dog-human war. Which is well documented in their Which is well documented in uh, Wes Anderson's Mm -hmm. uh, film. Uh, Is there anything else you didn't... uh, Maybe didn't work for you in this movie? One of the odd things was, um, despite the... um, Who was the family's name? Kobayashi, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. Kobayashi. The Kobayashi are defined by their hatred of dogs and their love of cats. Mm-hmm. But unlike a lot of other like cat versus dogs movies, these cats mm-hmm. do not actually Cats have... versus dogs? Oh, one of my favorite movies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They, they do not have any real personality in them. Like there's always a cat like sitting on um Kobayashi's lap and everything mm-hmm. and all the scenes and everything, but they're all small. They're all, they're all un- small, kind of undetailed. Undetailed. They definitely don't speak. No, they do not speak at all. Yeah, really. And they scurry away mm-hmm. at the uh, end of the movie. Um, the cats really don't seem to care about anything that is going on in the movie. Nope. They, um, they do not. Kind of odd, but, you know, I, w- I would say it's actually a little refreshing. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. because... Honestly, that's the great joke about cats is mm-hmm. they just really do not give a crap about yeah, humanity. There's not really a rivalry as much as cats don't like dogs yeah. and would rather not interact with them. Exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, definitely a, a fun little joke I think Anderson played on there. Um is there anything else you want to say about this movie? Anything that you I, I just feel needs want to, to go? Say, if you ever wanted to get a look of um the detail and like the love that has been placed into the animation and everything, you'd be to find one of the trailers where they're showing the sushi scene. Mm-hmm. And the sushi scene is where they go through the process of um butchering and just slicing off very finely and everything, all like the fish, the octopus, and, and the, the crab, crab. Yeah. And turning it into a sushi. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not my even favorite a, yeah. scene in the entire film. I'm not even a sushi opinion. guy, and that scene made me hungry. Oh, it was... Because uh, it was such a, just a beautiful <laughs> scene. It's just... It's one of those scenes that's just very indicative I ain't seen of, sushi like that since Hero Dreams of Sushi. <laughs> and it's just one of those scenes that's really indicative of how much reverence uh, Wes Anderson really has for the culture and for the location overall. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think I was I was reading something where, um, you know, he, he originally brought in uh his his other screenwriter uh to you know ensure that there was a proper 
like cultural respect paid towards Japan. Uh, yeah, yeah, brought in Kenichi Nomura uh, just to ensure that you know all of his, you know, everything that he was paying homage to was accurate. Um, and you know, it shows. It shows in all the animation. It shows in the incredible score by Alexander Desplats. Um, Thank you for bringing that yeah, up. He, he's, you know, he's coming off a win for uh, the Shape of Water for a score. Uh, and honestly, it's uh, you know, it's an early contender for you know. I would be disappointed if this does not get a nomination for best score uh, for this year because wow, the you know the drums, oh, uh, the, the drums. you know the the horns, the uh, the whistle, even the whistling. Mm. All creates this, you know, incredible feel that is just so purely Japanese. Yeah, and yeah, that is, it, it's just this is a very loving movie. In this all is true. Movies. All right. Well, I think we've said everything we can say for now. So, yeah. if you had to assign a score, one to five, well, point five to five stars, what would you give it? Five stars. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm. It's, it's just that good of a movie, in my opinion. One of the best movies I've seen in a long in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little less positive on it than you. Um, I, you know, I, again, I would say definitely Wes Anderson's uh, most aesthetically pleasing movie. He's, his best animation uh, so far, not uh, not his best animated movie. I think I still uh, hold Fantastic Mr. Fox above it. However, that uh, purely on an animation basis, uh, is is just incredible. Um, however, you know, for for all these amazing factors, uh, I can't help but feel a little let down by the characters and the story overall. I mean, I I wish. That we just had a little more depth to it, a little more in terms of layers that we could peel back, um, and you know, and I I tend to value the writing uh, higher than most other aspects of a film, so uh, I'm gonna give it four stars. I don't want to That's sound fair. disappointed at all. I mean, I've seen this movie twice already. Uh, it's an early favorite of this year. Um, I would, uh, yeah, my love for this is uh, comparable to Thoroughbreds, which came out a few weeks ago, and absolutely loved that as well. Odd uh, uh, comparison. Odd not, comparison. Not, not similar movies at all, but my emotions to them were very similar. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, four stars. Definitely make sure you go out and see this movie. Uh, if you like Wes Anderson, if you like animation, or if you love dogs, you know, it's it's a movie for you. Um, and you'll be treated to what is maybe one of the most interesting animated scenes that I've ever seen in an animated film, uh, where we get to see a full kidney transplant. Ah, yes, the kidney transplant. Yes, a, from start to finish. We're not pulling punches with that. No, uh, it is... Now, it's not excessive, and it's not... Uh, overly done, I would say, but it is not something that you expect to see in an no, animated film. Not at all. Um, but especially one geared towards the family. Mm-hmm. But it's one I'm definitely glad was there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, four stars. Uh, make sure you see this one though. 
All right, so uh, we're going to go ahead and take a little break. Uh, when we come back, we have a little special gift for you. We're going to be pulling up the curtain a little bit, uh, and we're going to be talking about where this podcast is going in the near future. So rare look behind the curtain. Uh, stick around and get your VIP tour of Drunk Idiot Reviews when we get right back. And we're back. I'm here with intern Shane. Shane, I uh, I just I guess I wanted to talk to you a bit first about you know the the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, uh, like we were talking about in the beginning of the show, uh, we're we're having a bit of a rough go. We are it right now. Uh, going from thinking we were the number one podcast around to you thought uh, we were the number one podcast i knew we were not it would have been really nice of you to tell me that sooner probably would have probably would have saved us some time and everything yeah i just i I, you're lucky we are hard up for work right now uh because i'm not sure how confident i can be in what you have don't worry don't worry i'm gonna fix this you're going to fix this. Oh, I'm going to fix this. How are you going to fix this? Simple. We're going to go to war. Mm, I, I who, 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 who is against this? Well, uh, Apple, the sponsors. Apple, the, the US sponsors, government. Amazon, Stitcher, you know. Everyone. Yeah, the US. Yeah, what? The US government. Yeah. They think you're a fraud. What? <sighs> Man. They think you're trying to fucking sell people out. But I'm too young to be like... Getting accused of federal what, crimes. white collar crime? Yeah. No, I'm never too, too young. young. And pretty, yeah. Never too young. No, don't worry. I'm gonna fight them all. I'm gonna keep our airways secure. The borders of our airwaves secure. How are you gonna do that exactly? I'm gonna have to go away for a bit. You're gonna what? Yeah. Why are you? How, I, I I'm gonna just, have to take like maybe a month, month and a half off. I, if you if you need me, call me. But I feel like I'm going to need to be down in the trenches, but just for like the day to day, the day to day, that's a lot of what getting the people on the sound systems and everything. Yeah, we need people on the boards. We need people scheduling. We need don't don't, don't worry. I've already taken care of all that. I prepared myself. Really? Yes. If you want peace, prepare for war. That's what the, my ancestors used to say, and that's how I and I follow my ancestors' advice. Who are your ancestors? Ah, uh, so and so and so and so. Don't worry about it. Oh, the uh, the so and so clan. The so and so clan. Yes. <laughs> all right. So all right. Well, just give me your game plan then, at least for all the right. next couple of weeks. So, what my ancestors used to always say is, you can't win a war without the gods on your side. So we need to bring some Jesus into this. Oh, yes. My family is all religious. I'll I'll tell you who the so-and-so's were. So-and-so us, really. The so-and-so's. Yeah. So-and-so us. The so-and-so us. us. Okay. We hail from Rome. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Interesting. I'd I'd love to hear more about your lineage. I think everyone else would, too. Oh, yeah, yes, 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 yes. We, We came from a small village outside of Rome. We were the bastards of that family line, so we decided to come over to America. Incredible. We should make another podcast just for this. Ah, yes. But don't worry. We're going to bring God on our side. Okay. Now, remember I was talking about Professor uh, Dr. Jack Brown? 
Yes, I. He I had would some be hard friends. pressed to forget him. Oh, okay. These friends can bring God onto our side, oh. and with God's fury, we can shatter the lines of our enemies. Okay, I'm not. I'm not so confident in friends of you know Jack Brown. I mean, we got two holy men coming up. Okay, or somewhat holy men. I, I can't really tell. Okay. They want to talk to you about the persecution of the Christian minority. Okay. Yes. You've got my interest for sure. Yes. Thankfully, there's a movie coming out in the I think next week. Next week actually. Mm-hmm. That talks just about this subject. What's the movie? God's Not Dead 3. God's Not Dead? A Light in the Darkness? Yes. Oh. The exact same one. Now you know how big a fan I am of the God's Not Dead franchise. Yes, it's a little bit weird, but we need I, God, we need the gospel on our side, and so we need to get these people on our show. I rewatch those movies uh, nightly. You know, I uh, yes, another weird quirk sleep. of yours. Uh, well, I you know they're just so comfortable, you know, and it's Are good. They? It's good to know that the good guys win at the end of the day. And you know, it's oh, just God. it's just fun to hear. All right, but well, well, good. I get to talk about my some of my favorite movies with some uh, interesting characters. Oh uh, yes, 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 yes. These nothing are, these wrong are with good that. people. Mm-hmm. Good people. Okay. Now, we also need the people on our side mm-hmm. to get the numbers up. Okay. So we got to do a bonus episode, Carter. A bonus episode. Yes. Okay, that's not a bad idea. Yes. And I found just the guy for it. I'm not gonna lie to you, guy. I'm not gonna lie to you. This guy, he fell right in my lap. I was not, I did, this guy just came out of nowhere. Okay. Remember Dr. John? Dr. John, the guy that we hired to do the podcast theme song and ran away? Yes. He stole our first episode episode and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I found him. You found him? Yeah. Where was he? Minnesota. What was he doing in Minnesota? Ah, he was on his way to Michigan. Okay. But he decided to take a shortcut through the backwoods of Minnesota. Okay, I, I, I'm not sure. And he I, got captured by some loons. Okay, a few not questions. Not loons, not like loony people, like, like loons, like the birds. Birds? Yes, the waterfowl, the loons. I was expecting... State bird of Minnesota. I, okay, I was expecting either uh, something to do with the moon or bugs. Nope, not loons. loons, like, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, okay, quick though. Why? What, how was his route taking him... To Michigan through Minnesota when he was going there from here. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been tracking this guy down, mm-hmm. and I guess I was doing a lot better job than I thought it was because he was covering his tracks and just trying to, like, throw me around at all these different places. Oh, he's a So he's I a guess he fella. decided to go through the backcountry of Minnesota, land of a thousand lakes. Mm-hmm. Where I couldn't find him because I don't deal with the I the loons are people you do not a bird you do mm-hmm. not mess with. Are they notably vicious? Oh yes, yes, yes. They they hold they take hostages all the time and hold them for ransom. Oh wow! I now did not know this about these birds. Ah, uh, yeah, no, they're 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 like orange eyes. Uh, I, you can't trust those. Yeah, you can't trust a bird with orange eyes. Mm-mm, it's just creepy. Mm-mm, no sir. So. Good news. I found Dr. John. Mm. I found our first episode. And I found a theme song. What? Yeah. Okay. Like I'm saying, the only reason we got in contact with this guy was because we were the last people that he did business with. Uh Uh-huh. 
And so they contacted us for ransom payment. Oh, okay. So, so, we, so yeah, this literally just fell in my lap. So we bought a, we bought out his ransom from, from the loons and in return, he uh, does an episode for us. How much is that going to run me? Not that much. Not that much. He, he feels sorry. Like he's going, he's very grateful to get out from the loons. Okay. The loons, loons are a savage people and they were good. They were, they were, they were okay, threatening to dismember. That's the second time that you've referred to the loons as people and instead of birds and, I people, just, birds. Are they bird people? Are they, they have orange people? eyes. I guess that says it all. Yeah. Oh, man. But good news. Mm-hmm. He's going to return our theme song back to us. He's going to do a second episode. Okay. He's he's very grateful that we've, that we've saved him. All right. You know, Bad news. Okay. The handsome was our first episode. Oh, no. With a little extra on it. Don't worry. It didn't oh, no. take out too much from our coffers. So everything. so the first episode is officially gone. It is officially gone. That is a shame. Uh, what's yeah. more of a shame is however much this is going to uh, hurt my bank account. But don't, I guess don't worry about We'll talk the bank about that account. off air. Yeah, I guess no, I... Don't, don't worry about I'll, it. I've built up a war loans. chest. Is this what you do all day? I prepare us for war. Uh, okay. All right. We're about to go into into a fight of our lives, Carter. Well, I, I I guess I'm glad you're here to help wage war with me. Then. Nice. So he's going to be doing a nice little bonus episode. I don't know what you're going to talk about. I don't think anything new, mm-hmm. but maybe some, a good movie. Maybe some. I think I've got a few ideas. Something that we we wanted to talk about, but maybe was a little bit before. Uh, our time here on the podcast. I, I got a few yeah. ideas. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'll leave that to you. I'll leave that to you. He's, he okay. says he's flexible. He says he's flexible. All right. Now, the, the third now third week, third show that we're going to got mm-hmm. is Dr. Professor Jack Brown's other friend. Okay. This guy he's was a, a little friends. bit... Uh, he, he does. Interesting people. Interesting are they people. are they all homeless or no no no? Some of them have homes. Like these these the two folk the two uh, godly folk have uh, homes down right, well, uh, down in Sova. I mean, I guess I'm you know with all these uh, lawsuits and the government coming after me, uh, I'm I'm at least gonna have to be on the road. Oh somewhat. yes, you are absolutely gonna have to be on the road because yeah. th- these people actually require you to travel. Oh God! All right. Well, then, yeah. I mean, I wish you'd. Told me that earlier, but uh, I, mean, I was gonna tell you off air. But uh, yeah, no, they're, I, they're gonna I guess require you to travel down south. All right, I guess it doesn't hurt much. Uh, we can yeah. figure out transportation. Yeah. Don't, no, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry. I've, like I've said, I built us a great war chest. Mm-hmm. We are ready for this. All right, so t- tell me about this next guest, though. Now, this next guest, I'm gonna not gonna lie, he uh, he's a bit weird. Okay, more so than um. The two missionary folk, uh-huh. the godly folk, mm-hmm. more so than even Doctor Professor Jack Brown. Can you get weirder than Jack Brown? He's a bit otherworldly. I'm not okay, lie. Um, but he's interested in our podcast. Okay, and he will. He he wants to have a sit down with you and talk. All right. Uh, so we we got this. This kind of creepy character. What what are we going to be talking about with him? Well, there's a great movie coming out in the uh, horror section. Mm-hmm. 
A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place starring John Krasinski and Emily Blunt? That very same. Oh. Emily Blunt, the same woman who performed in uh, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen. Oh, yes, bringing it all full circle. Everything comes full circle with the fish. All right. Do, do fish swim in circles? Is that their thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. You've never seen a school of herring? I think most people can say. I watch Planet. Yeah, I, I watch Planet. Oh, okay, that's a little rude to say to your boss again, but okay, all right. Never too rude to say to somebody who doesn't respect the fish. Okay, so so we've got a few good things set up here, but uh, you know, I can't imagine we have other guests set for the future. No, just unfortunately, little... I I got a few people. I, we've given, I've given out the numbers and everything, but it's going to be up to you to, like, finalize the next two areas. Okay, but what um, movies... But we got we... movies. Okay, what movies are we going to be looking at, then? Uh, the next movie after a quiet place is going to be Blockers. Ah, Blockers, starring John Cena in a new uh, comic turn. Yeah! Looking yeah, forward no, 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 to Blockers, it, and then after that, we got the... Um, we got a very high-class film, Rampage. Rampage, yes, a new, a new video game movie. Mm-hmm. Lord knows we need more of them. Right? Absolutely. Uh, that And, you know, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, no, a sure sign of quality. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. All right. Well, you know, that doesn't, you know, that almost makes yeah, it no, the next couple of weeks sound pretty interesting. Yeah, no, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to be on the road. You're going to get some color back in you. Travel some good for your blood. You're looking a bit pale, boss. All right. Well, again, maybe a bit rude to say about your boss, but, you know, all right. Well, where are you going to be? Well, how am I'm I going to be in the trenches, boss. How am I going to get in contact with you? Uh, you got my number. All right. It, well, and if not, I have, I'm going to establish a carrier pigeon outpost between you and me and the trenches. Uh carrier pigeons yeah. i might have to go off the grid man i'm gonna be down in the trenches okay. this is gonna be a hard fight all right well i i guess i won't be able to send in your eval forms until you're back but you know I, at least that means that you know I, we've still got an intern on the don't payroll for a bit. if i'm not back by these five by these five next week these five episodes mm-hmm. I'll, we'll, we'll call, I'll come up with a new list for you of, of what we're going to be showing alright well I, I can't guarantee guests mm-hmm. but I think well we, I we, can't advise from the phone and by via the pigeon we do need guests so I, I do hope you're able to you know finalize I got some, some people okay good and I believe you, you don't like him but I believe we got. A, I found a vein of talent from Doctor Professor Jack Brown. <sighs> All right. Well, just so long we don't have that creep on again, because uh, you, uh, why, why um, are you so hesitant? Well, I, I did promise him that we 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 would have him back on. Oh man, he's gonna oh. try and move in again. That, uh, I'm sorry, boss, but that's just the. Uh, it's just the way right. of it. Uh, I'll, I don't know. I'll get like a s- spray bottle with some rat poison in it or something. Just What's lightly douse it. it. No, I you just get a taser like a normal person. You know, he's got some bootstraps. Why doesn't he pull himself up by them? I think he's Very actually simple. rather comfortable with his circumstances, well, to be honest. Yeah, I don't want him comfortable in my circumstances. Hashtag not in my backyard. <laughs> 
All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the show. Intern Shane, thank you so much for joining us now. I just want to give an extra special thanks to you because this is the second time that we had to record this episode. It is. Uh, we had hey, if you, The viewers have not sensed the fatigue in our voices. <laughs> I've been preparing for battle for a long time now. You've been preparing for a while. I'm glad you were able to put off your campaign until now. It is very much appreciated. Is there anything you want to tell the viewers? Anything you want to put out there before we go? I uh, hope the uh, podcast does at least moderately well Mm -hmm. um hope it doesn't crash and burn but um i'll be fighting for it keep the airways free well it's good to know that we feel drunk (laughs) it's good to know that we have a loyal soldier here uh and now i just uh like a quick bit of clarification that i forgot to mention uh but that episode on god's not dead that's gonna be a mega sized episode isn't it oh I thought that's one without saying. Ah, yeah, no, we're going to be... Carter, what did I say? We need the gods and the gospel on my... I'm going to be in the trenches. Well, I... With the Amazon, Apple, Stitcher, whoever the hell else we pissed off. Mm -hmm. Our sponsors, the U.S. government. I'm going to be up to my neck in trouble. I'm going to need some an angel over my soldier watching my back. Well, then, to do that, we're going to be discussing the entire God's Not Dead franchise uh, and heralding the amount of craft in these films just so that we can make sure you get the right amount of support you need. How's that sound? Uh, Yes, yes. So we're going to need to make these things extra long. Yes, I'm sensing an hour and a half. Something like that. For our special episode. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that so i hope you all listening at home look forward to that you can uh, never give enough time to god that's what i always that's what my mother always told me uh yeah so thank you for bearing with us with this delay i'm sorry that this is not out at the normal time you can expect next week's mega sized episode out at the same usual time monday at uh 1 eastern uh 1 p.m eastern time uh and a uh, quick uh, shout-outs. We've, we've gotten a few reviews now on uh, Apple Podcasts, and I'd just like to thank those who've written in reviews. So special thank yous to Lou1148, uh, to Raptor Jeebus, Flim Flammy Jim Jam, and Laughin12345. Uh, honestly, the amount of support you guys have been giving us uh, – it's really the reason that uh, you know we do this. Just knowing that anyone is out there listening and appreciating this, it makes it all worth it. Um, and now, in that vein, uh, I actually have a little something to kick us off here at the end. Um, we got uh, last couple of episodes. We've been getting these emails from this this guy who calls himself uh, Whole Boy. Ooh. Uh, it's an interesting name, um, and he seems to be an interesting guy, though I'm, I'm not sure how uh, emotionally mature he is. Um, and so every time we've asked for a theme song, however, uh, he is more than delivered. Um, oh, has he? Now, a few of these I am not going to play on the air. Uh, some of them are horrifically uh, offensive um, oh. 
uh, just for an example, the Never one, kosher. He, the one he sent in last week was something called "When Men Were Men," uh, and you know, uh, it's just something that I don't think um, I'm going to be playing on the air. But uh, we do have one of these themes here now. It's titled the uh, D.I.R. Love for Long Time song. Uh, and you know what? I think that this level of work should be supported, um, especially from such a diehard fan. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and play it here. Uh, let us know what you think, uh, because I think this could be a nice new ending theme for uh, the podcast. So here it is, the Love for Long Time D.I.R. song. Bye, whole boy. I can dig it. You can dig it? Well, so I can, can dig I. it. Uh, thank you so very much, whole boy, and thank you so very much, all of you listeners. We'll see you back on Monday. Until then, if you're having a drink or you're watching a movie, I'm watching you. This is Cardinal Nordyke, Drunk Idiot Reviews. Thanks, love you. Goodbye.